Welcome back to another edition of What Should We Watch with K&E. I'm K. I'm still E. And we're back to watch a movie, eat some popcorn, maybe drink some wine. Maybe. And then we're gonna... Um... Then we're gonna... I don't know. What are we gonna do? Talk about it? Oh yeah, talk about it! It's what we do! Oh yeah, it is what we do. It's what we do. We do a lot. And this week we're gonna head off to the movie theater to go watch a movie and E got to pick the movie. Yeah. So you wanna tell them what we're gonna go see? Yes. I wanted to go see Rocket Man. So my pick this week was Rocket Man. Rocket Man burning out a fuse up heaven long. Okay, so I'm pretty sure it's not a sing along. Oh, I, uh, I better get out of my system in the car then. Yeah, probably should. So, Or I shouldn't rehearse because then I'm going to make him look bad. Yeah, you don't want to upset. Everybody's going to be like, you know, turn the movie off. Let's just watch this guy. All right. So here's to hoping we do not get kicked out of the theater. But if- before we before we head there, we just want to thank you all for tuning in to our previous podcast episodes. The response has been awesome. Yes. Thank you for responding on Twitter and Instagram and all those likes on Facebook. And if you haven't done so... Please check in with those sites and on either Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Please leave us a rating here if Five you can. Five stars. Five star rating. Like, share, and subscribe. All that goodness. Yeah. We should probably wrap it up because we're going to be late for the movie. Oh, yeah. We got to get going. So here we go. Off to the movies. All right, we are back from seeing Rocket Man. Rocket Man. So, Kay, what was the movie about? What was your first impression? The movie is about a little elf that takes a magic mystery tour, right? Somewhere I think that's vaguely offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just going to step back from that one. It is not about a little elf. It is about Reginald Dwight. He was a magical being. How am I supposed to differentiate the two? <laughs> um, so this, this story is a biopic of Elton John, and it follows his life and his journey into becoming Elton John from Richard White. He talks about his childhood. And the music behind all of it. The music behind all of it. And what was interesting about the take on this movie was it's not... Um, the songs are incorporated in a way that they're calling it a musical, but I felt like it, to me, it didn't feel like a musical. No. And that's something that I think appeals to a large audience. You know, when you think musical, you think, let me five, six, seven, eight, turn to the orchestra and there's my note. But the way they interlaced the music and the singing, and then there's big over the top dance numbers, but never. Did I feel like I was watching a musical for the screen? Everything just kind of filtered in and out and really aided to the story. And it does, the way they played into the music, I mean, Elton John is this, he is over the top. And I was reading in interviews, he said there was no holds barred. Everything was on the table. He was very adamant about the movie staying rated R because he did struggle with addictions ranging from drugs and alcohol to sex. He was difficult. There was language. He did, you know, have a moment that um, he was self-harmed. He almost attempted suicide. So he wanted to keep that all in there. He wanted to be true to his story and not 
kind of work things around. So I think the choice to make it a musical, but I don't think I would call it a musical though. I yeah. Don't, I don't know what I would call it at all. Even though um, other characters other than Elton John were singing his songs, it just, it was maybe like a voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did appreciate those musical aspects of it, oh, which yeah. have been missing from movies more recently than not mm-hmm. for the last, like, what, 20, 30 years that they have the big dance numbers, which was a mainstay of Hollywood for years. Yeah, the and, golden age of MGM. Right, and a lot of the dance sequences didn't really make sense, and that's what made it fun. Yeah. I like that portion of it. The... Actor playing Elton John here, Taron Egerton here, his his voice mm-hmm. really I I was really nervous about well, his voice being. Well, because there was that video being... that leaked of him and Elton John singing, and I don't mm-hmm. think it sounded that well. I think he was edited, which I think was fine, but he didn't lip sync. Is I think important, like you're getting to, like he didn't lip sync. Yeah, he didn't lip sync. He sang it himself. And we said when we were driving home how we could actually understand some of the words yeah. <laughs> to Elton John songs when he was saying them, when Verse Elton, when Elton John sings, sings them. That. I don't know if it was the cocaine behind them, but it just sounded like some of his words. He doesn't enunciate very clearly. Yeah, which definitely. Is, you know, it's a mulhair suit. Oh. Electric boots, <laughs> a mulhair suit. You know, I, I could say what else. Yeah, no, I thought that was but... not electric body parts that are attached to f- the female form. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout the movie, when they did the big epic dance scenes, we got all excited during certain ones. And the one big one that we really liked was Saturday, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. That was and I thought that was really good because the um, the movie opens with him in full Elton regalia with these giant wings and these like maleficent horn sequence <laughs> busting through a hallway door storming I love how, into a hallway. I love how hefty his charge was yes. too. It's like, mm, and boom. You know, you think he's about to take the stage, which we I had made a comment about what I appreciated about this movie is so many of the scenes were him taking the stage. And you, you see him before, right before he walks on stage. Oh, I hit the microphone. I'm sorry. But the opening scene, he busts through the door of a well, you find out later it's rehab, but like if essentially if an AA meeting and he sits down and then it starts, they ask him about his childhood and, you know, he goes into talking about his childhood, which going back to Saturday night's all right for fighting. I thought that was a good scene because I was worried they would spend too much time on his childhood. And when I was relieved when they went from like preteen Elton to like a mm-hmm. young adult Elton, I was like, okay, good. And that was a great song to play to show Elton's introduction into the world of rock and roll Mm -hmm. and show his roots in that and how he eventually became the rock legend that he is here. Speaking of rock legends, I didn't realize that he played backup. He was a backup piano player for other groups. Can you imagine being those other singers and you're you look at a picture you're like wait i think that was the british kid that played piano for me <laughs> hey that face looks so familiar right with his oh that's his little cardigan that's little reginald <laughs> i know poor reggie poor reggie poor reggie would you call his childhood traumatic or just i mean i would say it's traumatic so yeah he I, I would say it's traumatic yeah. because he's it showed that he wasn't loved normally his he mom wasn't. was kind of a 
wild child sort of free spirit kind of person in her own british way and then the dad was the mom was from jurassic world yeah i was like i know her that's last um, time i think i saw her she was much more unrealistic running with uh high heels away from a t-rex mm-hmm. it's opie's daughter what's her name um bryce dallas howard mm-hmm. yeah opie from uh the andy griffith show oh yeah. i didn't know that was his daughter yeah that's his daughter but yeah he and he just he doesn't get love from his daddy his daddy like is very standoffish well they make i don't know if you caught it they were fighting and he said you trapped me with this child mm-hmm. so clearly he was unwanted in a way right like he asked his dad when are you gonna hug me which brings me to a point <laughs> that's really sad any kid that has to ask for an appointment for a hug i know i know and did you you made a point which we'll talk about the therapy session but you mentioned that um as the therapy session went on less of the costume that elton was wearing because they keep flashing from the therapy sessions to essentially back in time as you're getting up to the point where he ends up checking himself into rehab yeah because he started with the full maleficent garb and then he started like he took off the wings and he took off his horns and he started taking off bits and pieces of his costume and eventually he was like in a robe which i was like where did the bathgar robe come from yeah i think it was supposed to be multiple um, yeah it was supposed to be like over a period of time along with um him it was very oh this is i didn't i'm just realizing this as we keep jumping from the rehab the group therapy sessions where he's shedding more and more of that costume not only are we seeing more of him but as the story progressed he was becoming more honest with himself because that first therapy session when they said what was your childhood like he was in full like with the heart-shaped glasses full maleficent garb and he made a point to say, my childhood was great. My father loved me. And we talked about jazz all the time. And then it cuts to him being a child. And his father wasn't great and like yelled at him for touching his vinyl. And then as he has to ask his dad for a hug. Did you catch that though? As more of his costume came off, more More of his honesty. realization yeah. of what his life. Very smart. Who directed this? Good job. Yeah. Who did wrote it? it? Dexter know. Fletcher. That's a fun name. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but the one thing I will say is, so I, one of the reasons why I picked this is I grew up listening to Elton John. Me too. Of course. We had Elton John albums and cassettes and my, I always hear the story about my dad getting to see him and he was like 15 feet away from the piano when Elton was at the height of his career doing the jumps in the piano, which was a really good part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was very, I was more interested in Rocketman than I think Bohemian Rhapsody, but the one thing that I really appreciated was it was, they snuck one of his newer songs in there, um, when the family's singing and you can kind of see the family dynamic is very broken, that I Want Love, which, Oh, yeah, yeah I didn't recognize that song. That's from Songs from the West Coast. Okay. Which came out in 2001. Yeah, which I think is a little bit more of, I don't want to say obscure Elton John album, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's his deep tracks, man. No, it's, <laughs> you know, it's newer, but it's not one of his most recognizable ones, I think. Yeah, he and Elton John is definitely one of those people that he's got like a top 25, 20 list of songs. When I was a kid, too, kind of the same thing in my house. We had a bunch of cassettes of Elton John, and he holds a very special place in my heart. And I feel like 
a lot of people that are millennial generation, they will feel that way because if you think about our parents grew up throughout the 60s and 70s, in the 70s when he was coming into being Mm -hmm. and when he became very big. So it makes sense that he would be very popular with our generation as like comfort music. Yeah. It's that music we listen to and... But, I mean, I just love him. He's one of those musicians that I could never get rid of. I love him so much, and I keep listening to him over and over again. Well, and again. I, also, I also think, too, um, that it was him and Bernie Toppin writing. I'm saying that right, Toppin? I'm not sure. It was him and Bernie. Um, I realized when we were at dinner I called him Bernie Sanders, which that would make an interesting movie, Bernie <laughs> Sanders and Elton John trying to write songs. I think, in Daniel, we need to talk about healthcare. <laughs> But I think it also goes back to the fact that it's him, it's two artists, which I do wonder how much artistry is in music today that's mass produced. But that's another podcast. That's another podcast. Well, you pointed out that in nearly every up and coming singer's life, there's always that manager or that first producer that's like, it's crap. And I loved (laughs) the scene where it's, they finally... He goes to this producer record label. They pair him up with Bernie to go write songs. So Bernie's the lyricist. Elton John writes the music. And they go back to the producer. And he's playing like Honky Cat. He played Daniel. What other songs does he play in that scene? He played another one of his really big ones. And the guy's like, crap. Mm -hmm. He just shot all. I'm like, these are all of his like amazing songs. And he shot them all down. And then he tells him to go back, which I didn't. I mean, I wonder if that's exactly what happened Mm -hmm. in real life or they're just like here. They had these great songs. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But that forced him to go back and write your song, which was his breakout hit. Yeah, that scene was really good, too. But it's also one of those biopic standards where there's that big breakthrough Mm -hmm. that big song that was like their huge hit and like we said before elton john has many hits it's not just down to one Mm -hmm. but your song that segment pointed out when bernie wrote down the lyrics and just passed them to the table it's like he knew he had something good Mm -hmm. and then how he was just staring at his friend as he was coming out with the music And we were talking about how we didn't really know, and this movie points out, that Elton John was this huge piano prodigy. We knew he was awesome, but... I didn't realize he could play by listening. Yeah, just by memory and listening. And it it was Mm -hmm. amazing the things that he was able to do. I guess that he is able to do. He's still with us here. And I really enjoyed seeing that process of him creating the magic yeah so and that's really what it is those songs there's something about them is it rock and roll is it singer songwriter i think it can be considered singer songwriter but i think elton is what makes it rock and roll which i think is very valid when they go to the troubadour Mm -hmm. when he finally gets his chance to he got his record deal they booked him to play over there and it was his debut and he walks into the the green room with this you know what was funny is when i saw the outfit i was like that is so in style right now but um white overalls (laughs) yeah the overalls overalls and 
the long sleeve blue shirt with the silver stars, stars. Yeah. like that's something you would see a girl on Instagram wearing right now. It's great. When he's super nervous and you said that you like the reaction of him finding out there's musicians that he looks up to in the audience. Yeah, Bernie points out to him that Neil Young, he says half the Beach Boys, uh, Leon Russell, all the American legends of kind of that folk rock. Are well, in the audience. I guess Beach Boys isn't folk rock, yeah. but <laughs> but they're out in the audience here. And <laughs> that's when we get to see... Um, the first of his Reggie's snarkiness. First. <laughs> snarkiness yeah. like, and difficultness. I can't go out there. You can't tell me that. And he hides in the bathroom stall. <laughs> Which one of the lines, I'm going to say a bad word, not really a bad word, but one of the lines, I don't know if you caught it, but Elton was called, either said, don't be a d or he called Bernie a d and then there was a drawing of a next to him in the stall. Did you see that? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but when he walks out there, he's a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. And this is where I think the approach that the writers and the director took and the producers took with the movie of making it kind of this mystical, over-the-top life fantasy story is you saw what everybody else was seeing, that he made magic that night. And he performed. And I loved how he did this iconic jump on the piano where he kicks his feet up and he's like almost in a plank off planking before it was cool actually planking when oh, it was harder dude yeah like he was air planking he was air, yeah but he does that for the first time and you see the looks on all of his you know bernie and their then manager and the owner of the troubadour like all of their faces but i love that it, everything in the movie slowed down and like the audience floated with him and it was just this moment of here we go. It, it showed was so how good. electric the room yeah, was. Yeah, it was so good. So I think Elton, and then as you know, he progresses in his career, not only does his persona get larger, but so does his headpieces. Yeah. <laughs> they just kept growing and growing and growing. More feathers till and more he probably got a neck injury and he probably had to slow down a little bit. Well, that's not what slowed him down. It was all the massive amounts of drugs. Speaking drug. of magic, I liked the moment you saw karaoke be um, born. <laughs> Well, not karaoke be born, but karaoke be changed forever. When you get the girl like, come on, I want to sing karaoke. That Elton John's version was Kiki, um, who was like, I want to sing. I want to sing with you. And she pulled him into a studio and started singing. Don't go breaking my heart. I wonder if they know now. I love, did you notice the manager, the, not the head manager, but the side manager, when they did the nobody knows it he, he does nobody knows right? <laughs> he but was like every drunk guy in a bar is everyone mm-hmm. singing karaoke nobody knows but can we just say that his what would have become his first probably real relationship and then tumultuous relationship and manager when rob stark makes it into Winterfell. <laughs> Winterfell of Eddard Stark. He plays John Reed. So the actor who plays Rob Stark plays John Reed, who was Elton John's at one point partner and then manager. I love how he this guy doesn't even have a name. This actor doesn't have a name. It's just Rob Stark. The guy who plays Rob, Rob Stark. Stark. Uh, which I was so excited to see him in this movie. And then Yeah, Richard Madden, you mean? He, right. And then I quickly, <laughs> as you found out that he was a little bit controlling and abusive towards Elton, that he kind of broke my heart. But when they first met, it was, well, it was hot. 
It was. It was hot. But with all the things that ended up happening and who he became, I point out to you when we left the theater that I have been rewatching Game of Thrones here mm-hmm. after well, the we final season. The... We literally, the day yeah. we went to go see <laughs> Rockman this morning. <laughs> we saw, we watched the Red Wedding episode. <laughs> and now we don't feel so bad about it. Right. I was like, <laughs> we should have watched this after. We would have been like, oh yeah. He deserved I'm it. I'm so glad he got those little bolts in his back and but, stabbed. <laughs> can we just say that when we went and saw this movie, we went in the afternoon. So there was a much older demographic. And we are in what could be considered a more conservative conservative area so when elton meets rob stark i mean john reed it's electric and they show a full-on sex scene and it's two men and you just i asked i asked you Kay, when we got out of the theater not even when we got out of the theater like when most of the people left the theater like did you feel the shifts of the uncomfortableness yeah i think you were next to an older woman and i was next to an older woman and I, I can tell you mine, like, started shifting a little bit when oh, that was happening. I actually heard somebody, like, in the audience or in the theater with this kind of, like, gulp or, like, catch her breath. I think everybody was hoping that they were going to cut when Elton and John started to kiss. And then they went for it. They went for it. They and I did. was like, you... Mm-hmm. You know what? If they wanted to see that version where it got cut... Go to Russia and watch it, people. Because they edited it all out? Yeah. I just, I found out last night, I was reading some news articles, and I saw something about Rocket Man had been heavily censored to delete all scenes referring to Elton John's sex life. And I, my question is, is, okay, if they censored those scenes out, what was left of the movie then? Saturday, Rocket Man credits <laughs> there's nothing left music legacy done <laughs> but yes so it you could feel people becoming uncomfortable and i actually thought that scene was rather beautiful yeah was, we felt was, the love tonight it's hot i'm saying it was hot. but can we just take a moment and i'm gonna give you all a psa if your lights up leave it at home <laughs> because i sat no not only did i sit next to her here here let me tell them with a little no. more voice <laughs> so he's referring to next to her which was catching my eye too is we thought somebody was pulling out their cell phone which her cell phone was buzzing or her, something yes, was buzzing cell- all the well, time first, first there was an, an older woman i would say 70s older white hair grandma kind of nona was sitting next to me and they got it a little bit late to the movie theater and her phone was out because she didn't know how to silence her cell phone. So I maybe her daughter or somebody who was younger but still older was sitting next to her and shut it off for her. I was like, fine, cool. But then I thought she kept pulling her cell phone out. And I thought, what is she doing? But no, no, it was not her cell phone. It was her damn smartwatch. Yeah. Every time she moved her arm, it lit up. Oh, see, I thought she was just getting notifications. No, every time she moved her arm, the damn thing sent a spotlight in the whole freaking theater. And another thing, another thing, you can edit me down because I am so red right now. She brought a water bottle in. Not like, you know what? We sneak stuff into the movies. Everybody sneaks stuff into the movies. It happens. But do you have to get one of those damn water bottles that you have to squeeze and suck on like a bottle? You're, I was like, no! And then it was like, 
SOS signals I'm in the corner. I'm picturing she had like those NASA space little containers oh of like, gosh. I'm in my peas and carrots right now. Oh, it was so obnoxious. And all I could think is like, shut it off. Shut it off. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I was going to try to segue us back to the movie. No, but... no, no, no. If your lights up, leave it at home. <sighs> So if your kids light up, <laughs> leave them at home. I was getting so mad. And I was like, am I seriously going to lean over this lady and beat the crap out of her daughter? Because I was that close. Man. If really you would have, it would have been great if you did during the Saturday nights all right for fighting scene. <laughs> oh my gosh. You would have had a perfect backing track. Leave it at home. Leave it at home. If your lights up, shut it out. Well, that actually um, brings into a good point that I think um, they didn't hide anything from Elton John's life and his mm -hmm. relationships, and they did show him he was rather difficult and flew off the handle sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, that I know what that's like. You've told me about his storm outs during his Vegas show. Yeah, I heard rumors that like he would storm out halfway, but they, I mean, they made it, going back to that interview I read, he said he nothing was off limits. And in that interview, he wasn't on set. He was in the early script writing. He was, I think he helped with like casting the beginning of the productions. But when it came time to filming his husband, his now husband was on set. He wasn't. So they, I mean, there is moments where they didn't make him look good. I mean, he was difficult. Yeah. Every, and it just, I think it goes to show that everybody has. Has their moments. And not that I, did I know like, anything about the moments. I did like <laughs> the scene when he was being difficult and he reached back to Bernie after oh, saying all these things Bernie. and then he just grabs his hand and says i'm sorry and bernie's like i know he's like it's okay go ahead all right Kay. i think this is a good place to take a little break and hear from our sponsors thoughtful engaging innovative productive and kind aspects all girls possess and have the ability to cultivate through the joy journal the Joy Journal is designed for girls to discover their unique self through engaging and guided activities. Created by one of our favorite mother-daughter duos, this journal is filled with fun activities such as finding the music that matches your personality and making a vibrant vision board to help visualize your goals. Through the Joy Journal, that special person in your life will discover self-acceptance and self-love using this creative journal through kid-friendly illustrations and innovative activities. Right now, the creators of the Joy Journal are running a special promotion for our listeners. As our listeners, if you purchase one journal, they will donate a second journal to a program or school that serves young girls, allowing young girls and women the opportunity to use this amazing book as a tool for self-reflection and help them gain confidence and kindness as they live and grow. So pick one up for yourself or for that someone in your life that can use this journal to awaken the rock star within themselves. Even I, a grown man, well, kind of, find that this journal has helped me improve my confidence in myself and my skills. So check out their website and pick up a copy today at mindsempowered.com and type in the code WSWW at checkout to get a donated copy sent to a girl in need. Thanks. Oh, but then can we, like, talking about Rob Stark being 
his manager and, you know, of course it's that kind of cliche, which I, you know, it's a cliche, but it happens in the industry where the new manager comes in, who's kind of not the greatest person. He gets rid of their old manager and this is where the opulence of Elton John is born. They're going out and buying things. They're living an extravagant life. He's making all this money now. But then they're saying the manager, John Reed and Elton John, his manager tells him, you know, we have to be careful because it's people are spreading rumors about us. So we need to go back to his parents. So two horrible things happen. The first thing that happens is he goes to his father and he, you know, has to tell him to watch what he says to the press or he needs to go talk to him. And he goes there and he gives his dad this watch and his dad thinks it's like ostentatious or whatever. But then you find out his father has two sons whom he actually gives attention to. Uh, His second (sighs) chance at a family. Yeah, and he points that out. Elton points that out to him. And I think this actor does so well. And there were several moments where you could feel like his Elton's heart was breaking and he's holding back the tears. And, you know, he asks for his son's autograph. And he's signing the album and he signs it to dad. And his father goes, actually, can you sign it to Arthur? So he scratches out dad and writes Arthur, which my first thought was how heartbreaking. You know, you think your dad wants your autograph and here he's getting it for a friend. And then my second thought was, if this is true, if Elton John really did that, where is that album that has two dads scratch Arthur? And how much is that worth? Dude, I wonder. That thing is probably worth a true story. Yeah, that thing is probably worth a pound or two. (laughs) And then from there, he has to. He has another temper tantrum, for lack of a better words. He gets upset with his manager, and they're in this car, and he pulls over to (laughs) the quintessential British phone booth. Really glad they (laughs) snuck one of those in there. And he has to call his mother. And I thought that again. I thought this was yeah. The beautiful Rob Stark sex scene. And you're like, yay, happiness. And you're like, oh. And then he goes to his dad, and he's like, sign this. And you're like, yay, happiness. Oh. And then he calls his mother, and you're like, yay, because. You think she's going to accept him because he's like, Mom, I'm a homosexual. She's like, I know. Yeah, and so you think she's just going to say, yeah, I knew all along and it's okay. It doesn't bother me. But instead she goes to say... Well, she does say that. Oh, I guess she says, she yeah, says, it doesn't bother me, but you're just going to have to be okay with... Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, she tells him, just keep it to yourself and you're just going to have to be okay with never finding love. Yeah, nobody's going to love you properly, is what she said. Oh, that is so sad. And his face right there, that was really good because I feel it's easy for an actor to do like that blank look of sadness of just like trying to hold back the tears. But he did a true blue chin to the floor mouth drop of just shock of like oh my gosh and that's what elton john probably would have done in that moment poor elton poor elton well you pointed out so music obviously played a really big part in this um this movie but i didn't point i didn't realize so obviously there's the big songs so they do all the most of his classics come in there the whole scene with Benny and the Jets when he's kind of really spiraling into his self-indulgence. The ben- I remember watching this and I was like, okay, for the podcast, we're calling this 
the Benny and the Jets, like the beat drops in it. They remixed it and then there was an orgy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did Russia edit that out? <laughs> Probably not their like. Which that's again. <laughs> orgies when, are natural. That's again when you felt the audience stiffen mm-hmm. in the movie theater, like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh lovely. But you pointed out the riffs in the background, which I didn't catch. Yeah, so he would do different riffs throughout it, and the two riffs that I did notice when something happy was going on, the one they would play, or during like a moment of inspiration, they would play something from Rocket Man. And then when something sad or melancholy was going on, they would play something from Yellow Brick Road mm-hmm. to kind of indicate the sadness of it. And I wonder why, well, Rocket Man, obviously, but Entitled. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, why that was as significant to be played as the riff reoccurringly. The only thing I could think was that was an important song to both Bernie, Bernie and, Elton. and Elton. And I have to tell you, their relationship through this movie yeah. was wonderful. Their brotherhood that they had. I if the movie could have spent more time with it yeah because i felt like i felt like bernie was a super side character yes which i mean it is it is elton john and they didn't dismiss bernie mm-hmm. but no because that was um bernie sang that song when they had a falling out at dinner which elton john that's the one thing that i don't think he, maybe you don't consider it arguments but they did have a falling out a couple falling outs so Bernie saw that Elton was self-destructing at one point and said, let's go get away. Let's go to the ranch. And Elton was very protective and defensive of himself and was like, you know, I think I'm going to go work with other people anyway. And then they meet at a restaurant. And again, they kind of have this disagreement. But that's uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is what Bernie sings when he walks away from Elton. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also played a little bit when... Bernie was starting to step away from him and try to live a life which Elton was taking as Elton was taking offense to that but he was just trying to live his life he was like hey man I'm gonna go hang out with this girl and Elton was like okay fine and it was sad but that's that's kind of an awkward situation because yeah, it's you. You shouldn't leave your friends at a party at but, Mama Cass's house, right? <laughs> but it's important to unpack that sentence. <laughs> We're going to a party at Mama Cass's house. No need. Can I please go? <laughs> we've all we've all been there, you know. <laughs> we've all been to Mama Cass's, you know. But I think it just shows that Elton never really felt like he had anybody and bernie was the closest thing he had to a true friend and family Mm -hmm. so to see them repair their relationship over this movie was also yeah it is when you know they've been together ever since so there was the point when elton did hit his lowest point when he walked out onto the diving board but see, the thing is i don't think that was rock bottom because there was still more bottom that's true hit. <laughs> maybe he thought that was rock bottom and then he went off the diving board which is the title of one of his albums do you think there's oh. any significance to that hmm. i really want to listen to that album now and the diving board yeah go See through that. i don't know but when he is stepping off the diving board and he says for well, my next he act was, he had this huge party and he wasn't at his own party and was at his house and drinking copious amounts of alcohol and pops a massive handful of pills and then jumps off the diving board yeah how he says my next act i'll kill myself just jumps into the pool and i wonder if that really i mean i know he really did that but i wonder if the whole yeah that in the storming out of 
that one concert and going that to was rehab. Madison Square Garden. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if those those two big things are such huge events that I wonder if there's some reality based in those events. One like, Google did somebody later. walking down the street say, "Oh, hey, that's Elton John in a red demon angel costume"? What do you know? I did feel that. What was the actor's name? Billy Idol. That Billy Idol's not in the movie. Taron. Taron. I don't know how to say his last name. Edgerton? Egerton? Uh, we should probably know that, but... Kingsman? <laughs> yes. I did feel that he did a um, really good job of playing Elton John, and I think, again, kind of going back to him singing versus lip singing, I think Elton John has such a distinct voice that if you would have had him lip sync, yeah. it would have taken away from it. That's true, because his Elton John's early voice, he had that... Really high-pitched voice. Because he had surgery. He had something... Yeah, he had something go wrong with his throat at some point. He had to have surgery. And mm -hmm. now today, it's, it's very... Deeper. I feel like his voice is very easy to impersonate. Seems to me you live your life and like scene. a candle in the wind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ha, ha, can you feel the love tonight? Okay, edit all that out. But no. <laughs> I felt that he did a good job embodying it. And I kind of like, and I wonder if Elton John had any input in this, the running joke about his hair loss throughout the entire yeah. movie. Like he'd be looking at his hairline or his mother pointed out like, oh, he'll be bald by the time he's 20. And then he keeps like messing with his hair and then people keep talking about it or looking at it or just there's all these little like nods at him losing his hair. So overall, I thought, um... I thought they did a very, it was an enjoyable movie. Even if you weren't an Elton John fan, you couldn't help but get swept up into the music. Like you saw everybody's foot was kind of tapping along with the music. Mm -hmm. What kind of got me was the ending. And you pointed out you were surprised when they ended. Yeah, when they ended, it was about his they pointed out his recovery process mm -hmm. and it ended with that little snippet from the video of the song. I'm still standing. Yeah. You know what they didn't do in this movie is explain. Hmm. I mean, obviously him and John Reed, the manager who was turned out to be controlling and abusive and Rob Stark, Rob Starkey, um, everything Rob Stark isn't, but they never talked about how that relationship ended. That's kind of left hanging. Oh, like is he still his manager today? I mean, I would doubt that he is. Yeah, I he sure hope not. Hit him and cheated on him. Mm -hmm. Used him for everything he was worth. But no, we. I think to your point about was it ending because there's so much to his career. We would have been in that theater still. It yeah, been a seven hour movie. They stopped basically before we were born. Like all the events that happened in his life, which he he did a bunch of other things. He ended up getting knighted. He ended up doing a lot of collaboration work. He tried rap. Like he didn't there's, try a... rap. He, I think they made an odd an ode a nod to his horrible disco album. There was like one yes. song where he's like, "This is crap." He did try. It wasn't rap then. It was country. Did he do a country? I think album? he did a country album. He did Rodel Dorado. <laughs> well, and the Lion we'd King. We'd be here all night if we did everything, and right. I think that's kind of the arc. Yeah. Once the movie's over, they played in the credits those little snippets that were showing you where he's at today. Which that's where it kind of killed it for me. The the Breakfast Club right over like 
thank goodness they didn't have like the actor freeze oh. shot where it's like looks at the camera freeze where's this guy <laughs> yeah which and i think because elton john is still very much alive and was you know went on to do so many things it's not like bohemian rhapsody where you know the ending like he has such a short mm-hmm. brief life it's it's not like a movie about you know johnny cash walked the line came out after he passed away so they went up to a point and then you knew i guess i don't know for some reason yeah. it took me out of the it's movie a, it's a story that keeps on writing itself yeah it took and you know they, they said that he's been 28 years sober and they they wrote what he's like he has a charity that helps with aids research and hiv he's married and he's has, married, two kids. has two kids and i just for some reason he I, had a vegas show he had a vegas show it, it took me out of the the moment mm-hmm. because everything in the movie was so mystical and over the top and sequenced and yeah. bob mackie and feathers and then all of a sudden it was yeah that you said something about we didn't need to know that that's just public knowledge and yeah, i think that's so true cool. those were things that i'm just like yeah everybody knows that about that elton Russia. john they did make the joke about him having a still addiction. having an op shopping addiction here yeah. with piles of expensive Do you clothing he doesn't have a cell phone though Really? He did carpool karaoke, and he said he doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> well, he doesn't need one because he probably has a fleet of people that walk right. around and tell him everything he needs to know. At the end of the movie, also, I did have a little moment where I I came to that realization of, I do, I love this story because of Elton John mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what he means to me in the music. And even through our lives, he has touched our lives so much, and he... Not only his music that our parents listen to make it into our ears, but he continued to perform and he continued to make albums, and he I was think in he the wrote soundtrack. A new song for this movie. Oh, really? I think the song that played over the credits was his a new latest. song. Of yeah. His? Oh, cool. But do you remember when Princess Diana died? Did you watch the funeral of that? I didn't watch the funeral, but I remembered. Oh. Um, that was such a, I actually, when I was a, a child, when that happened, I remember crying and I forget somebody else was watching something else and they kept changing the TV and I kept changing it back to the funeral. And I remember watching Elton John sing and he changed the words to candle wind, candle in the wind a little bit to match um, Princess Diana as opposed to it's originally about Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. But it was so sincere and it shows this side of him that at the end of this movie, I felt like I could relate to. And in general, I thought it was a good way to leave the movie theater feeling like, yeah, this is the story of a rock god who not only made legendary music, but continues to be somewhat of an inspiration to everyone not only a certain community but to everyone yeah well and also so what i was saying um google is great the song bernie and elton wrote the new song i'm gonna love me again for the movie and the actor who played elton john sing sings it with him oh that's really sweet so i do so he's still i don't know it just the the breakfast club right over just kind of was grind just grinded my gear take that all out keep the music you good. You good. I would still, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Yeah. It's w- a good movie. I, I would see it again. Without 
the light up watch. You know what? Hold on to that anger and keep it for our next segment. I hate it when they fight. Oh, I've got a lot of rage built up. All right, so before we jump into this week's edition of I Hate It When They Fight, let's go ahead and get the results from our last episode, Back to the Future, when we debated which moment in history did Marty McFly have the biggest impact on, the invention of the skateboard or the birth of rock and roll? So let's see who will be the holder of the the I'm Always Right belt. The champ, which is me. (laughs) All right. Let's check out the results here. I'm going to pull them across the different platforms Mm -hmm. here. All right. And this week's winner is... Drum roll, please. The winner is... M.K. Finally! Your new I'm Always Right Heavyweight World Champion! Yeah! Oh, it's so heavy. I didn't think it'd be this heavy. I don't know. You betrayed me. (laughs) Thank you, people. Well, clearly, it's on. You got lucky. Yeah, we'll see. We a two-time champ coming up soon. We'll see. We will. Let's get it on! So for this week's edition of I Hate It When They Fight, we're going to take a little different approach to it. So rather than debating an aspect from the movie Rocketman that we watched, we are going to debate what should be the next musical biopic. So recently it was Rocketman, Bohemian Rhapsody a few years ago, Straight Outta Compton came out. Good movie. Right? And all of these biopics about musicians are coming out. And they've been good. So we're going to debate what we think the next biopic should be. Okay. Okay. All right. So E gets 30 seconds to tell me what should be the next musical biopic here. Mm -hmm. And are you ready? I am. Let's get it on. Here we go. One, two, three. So initially I was going to pick an artist, but when we were just going through Straight Outta Compton, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocketman, those are all men. You know who we need a good biopic on and now is the time? We need Janis Joplin's story, baby. I mean, she is an innovator, a groundbreaker. She broke the mold of what it was to be a female singer. She broke into the blues. She had a tumultuous childhood, which lines up right into the quintessential singer-songwriter story. It was fraught with... I You stopped it. I have 0.5 seconds. You stopped it. No, you, you I, have 0.05 seconds. I have 0.05 All right. seconds. Her story is ripe with everything that makes a good biopic. That was 0.05 seconds. That's fine. He stopped it. It is 29.95. All right, reset, sir. Get trigger happy over there. <laughs> Janice Joplin's on the board. Girl power. All right, ready? Oh, wait. So let me get some composure. <laughs> you stopped it early. Okay, I'm ready. All right, any mark? Get set. You know what hasn't been made into a biopic that really has needed to for a long time? Yes, it does happen to be a movie about boys, but talk about a great story. It is the story of Floyd, Pink Floyd. It is a movie centered around two of the mainsteads of Pink Floyd throughout its whole journey. Roger Waters, who everybody knows, and then Sid Barrett, who was one of the original founders of Pink Floyd, and Roger Waters' great good friend who slipped into insanity 
and made a great music. I gave you extra. He made a great music. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He made a great music. <laughs> hey. So now we're going to put two minutes on the clock. So we're now going to hash it out on your mark. Get set. Go. All right. Yeah. Pink Floyd, you really think Roger Walters is going to let them tell the actual story? You said so yourself. It wouldn't make him look good. He is ego driven. It's not well, going to happen. His name isn't Roger Walters. That's a different person. Oh, but no. anyway, <laughs> Janis Joplin <laughs> Who wants to see a biopic about her is my so question. So many people want to see it. She was groundbreaking. She was innovative. She that was, was kind discriminated of joke, against because of her looks. You know, she was voted best looking man yeah, in but... her college. It's so of the moment. She was for the underdog. She was she was not the... She didn't fit into a box. Why yeah, not tell but the story now? Her story is something that is so short and I feel like there isn't a whole lot to tell about here. There's so much to tell about that she was at the pivotal of the counterculture and the beatniks. She was at Woodstock. Which is great, but Pink Floyd, think about all the things they have done since their very beginning. They introduced this section of rock and roll, this psychedelic rock that ended up becoming what is known today as bands like Radiohead, The Flaming Lips. You don't think Janis Joplin had influence on today's music? Sure, but where did she get her inspiration? From blues, which already had some foundation. But she was so innovative, and her story would be so... She roots for the... She's the underdog. She is the misfit. She was mistreated about what she... But that's exactly what Sid Barrett is. Sid Barrett was a misfit, and he was a crazy lunatic who made such beautiful music and beautiful poetry. But they're going to placate that, and they're not... Roger Waters haha, mm-hmm. is not going to let this movie be made the way it should be. He's not going to be as vulnerable as Elton John is. Well, they could do that. They just need to do it without his blessing and just jump so on it here just be so they can see the true yeah. story you because it's John an Lennon, interesting tale. John Lennon would have let Across the Universe came around. No, but Janis Joplin, her story needs to be told. I don't know about that. I do. All right. That was two minutes. <laughs> I right. said some harsh things about Janis Joplin that you I don't know did. how I feel about. But you should. I still That's think Pink Floyd would make a better to movie. Be told. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if I said those harsh things. I'm sorry. May you rest in peace. Man. All right. So we get our rebuttals now. Yes. So I get a 10 second rebuttal oh, since I'm gonna... the guest to this question. Ready? 10 seconds. Go. All right. So Sid Barrett is a person that was crazy. Needs a story told about him himself, but what's a better part of the story is the story of Roger Waters and how he continued Pink Floyd. All right, my five seconds. All right, now it's time for your five seconds. Ready and go. The story about how he piggybacked off his friend's insanity. Janis Joplin's story needs to be told. She's of this time. It's so relevant. You spent most of your five seconds putting yours down exactly putting mine down <laughs> was because, it worth it yes it was because i finished your it? thought you were gonna say because roger waters continued it but he no no his friend all right no we no. lost our time we're out no. of time janice Joplin. we're out of time we're gonna let you all decide beautiful story, beautiful story. heartache discrimination she broke hey 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 we're done up. arguing you can't continue know, to argue arguing. i'm just stating facts but janice we want to hear what you say about this here. Oh, so no, we want to yeah, hear if you want to say either way. No. So let us know how you feel about it. Feel free to either message us, send us an email, fill out our surveys and polls on Twitter. We'll have it at WSW Watch Podcast. And 
we'll have it on Instagram and Facebook at slash what should we watch podcast. Make sure to look out for our post about it and please fill out your responses and we'll see for who will be the Joplin. winner for this week. Pink Floyd, do it. Do it. You won't let to make that movie the way it needs to be made. Do it. All right. So since it was my pick, I'm the one who gets to quiz Kay on this episode's edition of Were You Paying Attention? Rocket Man. And I super was. I didn't sleep through this movie at all. I was paying attention to every know, little detail. We were detail. in the recliner seats too. So let's start out easy, shall we? Roll the music. All right. E, let me have it. Let's start out easy. What school did young Elton John or Reggie audition for? It was in England. Yes. The England Conservatory of Music? No. Oxford? No. England? Think England. Think what kind of family do they have? England Royal Academy. The no England. London Royal Academy. No state. There's no city state in there. Royal Academy. Just Royal Academy. Preposition. Of music? Yes! <laughs> okay. Give me a long quiz, folks. I did it. What was the name of the band that Elton joined before going solo? The Jets. Oh. Uh... Which one was he? Where was he? Was the backup? Remember, we said it'd be so funny. Oh, what song? What what band was that? Just so what, just the, the Pips. When it's the one that they focus more on. I don't know. Bluesology. Ooh. Okay, so in this scene where Elton John is sitting down, talking to the record or the record executive, well, actually not the record executive, and he briefly plays a tune on the piano when he says he can't write lyrics; he can just write tunes. Mm-hmm. What song did he play? Candle in the Wind. Yes, sir. What is the first set of Bernie's lyrics that Elton John writes music to? In the movie. What was the in first the movie. one? What was the first lyrics that he got? Was it I, Daniel? No. I think this this might be one that you said you didn't know. Oh, what song? Yeah, what song did uh, he write? What were the first lyrics that he got? What's a song I don't know? Tiny Dancer. No, I'll be here all night. Do you just want the answer? <laughs> yeah. Border Song. Border Song. Okay. Oh, you know what? I remember seeing him <laughs> say that. Song? Okay. Now we're back at the record executive's office. Okay. Okay. Elton and Bernie return to the producers. Elton plays two songs for the producer, which the producer quickly dismissed. What are the two songs he briefly plays? He briefly plays Daniel tonight. What was the second one? Thing. Is it Honky Cat? Mm-hmm. No. That they was had the um, words written down. Those mm-hmm. ones, the lyrics that were written out on the table. It was another big one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm singing it in my head. <laughs> it's it's pretty famous. It's a long title. I'll give you that clue. A long title. A long song title. Hint, it kind of falls in lines with the band that he was a part of. I forget the name of the band. That's why they call it the blues. I guess that's why they call it the blues. You got You didn't help me at all in the last quiz. I'm giving you Wait, hold on, Johnny. I'm giving you hints left and right, and you didn't give me bleep it out. 
last time. Rude. So sorry. You, no, I better get hints in the next movie. Okay. <laughs> what is Elton John doing during the meeting where John Reed breaks it off with the original producers? Oh, he's playing pinball. pinball. Yeah. He's a pinball. Winner. So I kind of wanted, um, I wanted to kind of go sticking with the movie, but since it is a biopic, it's going to be true or false. Did this really happen? Okay. So comparing the movie Rocket Man and their rendition of Elton John's life to what really happened. So true or false? Okay. Elton John decided to take the name John from seeing a picture of John Lennon. True. False. <laughs> he also got the name John from another bluesology member, John Baldry. Might be saying that wrong. Okay. Baldry. True or false? Elton and Bernie really did write your song after breakfast one morning. Yes, true. true. Yep. True or false? Did Elton John really commit, try to commit suicide the way they showed it in the movie? False. True. Oh. He took, I think they said about 60 or 70 Valium drank and actually walked onto the diving board and said, I will now kill myself. You'll now watch me die. I don't know the exact words, but that's exactly what he did, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, true or false, shortly after he played Dodger Stadium true okay it is true do you know how many days apart was his suicide attempt to him playing dodger stadium he played two shows sold out dodger stadium two days two days oh yep. man and he said that that was the That's low eerie yeah he said two days he was getting his pump, stomach pumped and he said he wasn't gonna miss it all right this is a bonus question true false rami malik almost had a cameo in rocket man playing freddie mercury Oh, that would have been cool. True. So John Reed in real life managed both Mercury and Elton John, and there was an idea to show Freddie Mercury at a table with John Reed at the restaurant when Elton John was having dinner with his mother. Oh, that's cool. So they thought about it, but then they were like, well, we don't really know. The director's like, I don't know if I want to create a universe, per se. Mm-hmm. But then there's rumors that supposedly there's a Madonna biopic coming out where madonna madonna taron l i can't say his last name taron kingsman kingsman (laughs) um could make an appearance as elton john in that movie oh that's cool yeah so i give you a lot of hints how'd i do i don't know i wasn't keeping score Uh, i wasn't either okay well how do you guys think i did how did you do did you do well Mm -hmm. i think we all did great yeah this is why people get participation trophies and people get mad at us I said participation profies. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. Participation trophies. All right. Well, I have a rating and I'm going to give Rocket Man. Not only is the bitch back, but this movie proves that the bitch is here to stay. Nice. Very nice. Get it, bitch. And I'm going to say that it won't go breaking your heart. It could maybe try. Oh boy. A uh, honey if I get Thank restless. you so much for tuning in to this episode of what this should we watch with K and E. I'm E. He's K. We should probably leave. All right. So make sure to check out our Twitter account at WSWWatch Podcast and our Instagram and Facebook accounts at What Should We Watch Podcast and like share and subscribe give us that five star review love (laughs) yeah baby all right 
Oh, should we tell them what we're going to do for next time? Oh, so we're not. It's case pick. Mm-hmm. But we're not actually announcing it because... Because we're going to be going on a trip, and I think it's going to be a long, long time because we're a rocking man. <laughs> you got to take and me women. to the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so... We're going on a little trip here, and E had a great idea that instead of picking the movie this week, so we're going to take a pause with... Revealing it. We're not yeah. going to reveal it this week because we have two pretty substantial flights, and I thought to myself, self, in-flight movies. So we're going to actually watch, we'll each take turns picking movies to watch on the flight. All right. So when we come back, we'll have... Two movies to discuss. Yeah, One and hopefully something's good. What if the in-flight movies are down? We're really taking a chance on I know, this. oops. Putting so, all our eggs in biscuit. Yeah, so we're going to give it a shot, though. But we want to thank you all for joining us. And make sure to check out our other podcast episodes if you like this one. Even if you don't like this one, listen to the other ones. It might be something else to multi up speed. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. We love you. Bye. A little duet ready no i'm gonna go eat don't go breaking my heart